Space Adventures, Zero Gravity Simulations. Want to experience the edge of space on a MiG-29? This is the Defense Aviation Podcast, episode number 6. Run free and dive into the sky Hear the wind crying out its prayer While we're so ashamed to be alive Are you frustrated with high-cost press release distribution services that just fail to give you the right exposure? For just $7.99 per year, we will publish your press releases that will reach the right audience in the aerospace industry. Visit defenseaviation.com forward slash PR and use the coupon code podcast to get 16% discount. Welcome to Defense Aviation Podcast. I'm your host, Larkens de Souza, founder of defenseaviation.com. Today, I'm going to interview Philip Scher of Mick Flug. Mick Flug flies people to the edge of space using a Mick 29 for show notes, visit defenseaviation.com forward slash episode 6. Philip Scher started his company as a hobby during his studies at Zurich University. Welcome to the show, Philip. Yes, hi. Uh, very nice to meet you. Uh, hi, everyone at the uh, Defense Aviation Podcast. Philip, take a moment. Fill us any blanks from that introduction and give us a glimpse into your personal life. Um, I'm a very... Busy CEO with Mikflug. Uh, Mikflug takes a lot of my time uh, currently, and this has been the same the last couple of years. Um, what can I tell you about me? I used to be a very sporty guy, but uh, this changed a bit since my first child was born uh, more than nine months ago now. And now our baby takes so much time uh, that I didn't do any sport at all apart from walks with her and carrying her around a bit. So I have, I have uh, that, that's, that's kind of the muscle training I do, uh, carry her. Congratulations on your newborn child, Philip. Thank you. Thank you. You're at a party and someone asks you, Philip, what exactly do you do for a living? How do you answer that in under 10 seconds? Uh well, I would say, if you want to fly a fighter jet, I'm the guy to make it happen. This is what I do for a living. Um, and to be honest, uh, nowadays I'm often happy when the question is not being asked, because uh, I had to tell the, the whole story so often already, and it always leads to a 30-minute interview by the person who initially asked the question, because it's just so unbelievable for for everyone and then you know i'm always the the kind of focus and uh you know my old friends they probably can't hear it anymore because it's always uh, like the same thing so i i really often like to fly under the radar and not get uh, too much attention i mean it depends a bit on my mood but quite often <laughs> i'm happy actually when this this question is not being asked Take a step back and explain to us how you started in this industry. Uh, well, it's classic crazy idea that uh, started with a couple of beers. Uh, I met this pilot in a bar in Moscow back in 2004. Um, and then 
jokingly I asked if he would take me for a flight in his fighter jet, uh, which we which he actually did in the end. Uh, you know, uh, not the same night, obviously. Um, <clears throat> but it, uh, I, it was really a joke. I just asked him, "Come on, uh, take me," and I was really surprised that a couple of days later, I really ended up in a in a fighter jet and went to an unbelievable flight with him. And then uh, back in Switzerland, I realized how interested everyone is uh, and how unbelievable that story sounds. And this is when I got the idea to create uh, this company that I still run today, Mikflug. And needless to say that it wasn't easy to get it started afterwards, you know, um, to be honest, I mean, back then the pilot just smuggled me in and took me for, for a ride, but this was not really uh, legal. But, um, you know, to start a proper business out of it, uh, there's quite a bit of negotiation going on, the proper contracts, and uh, people were really uh, suspicious, uh, in the, from, from the military side especially, very suspicious. Uh, I think that's a bit in their nature. So, yeah. Uh, it wasn't easy to get it started, but um, once we actually got uh, everything done uh, in a legal way, we found our first customer rather rather quickly. So this took off pretty pretty fast then. How did you get your first customer? How did your first customer hear about you? Uh, it's actually, uh, this was by eBay. <laughs> so, you know, the thing is, we, we started creating a, a website, but, you know, you can't just, uh, without any pictures of a happy customer, you can't really sell, uh, sell it. So we did a very nice deal uh, on eBay. And like some someone picked it up, and then actually uh, there were, we have been contacted by others who said they want to do it uh, also. So we had uh, three flights uh, that we gained through this initial eBay deal, and uh, yeah, this this uh, led to material, nice photo materials, reviews, and and all the things that you need. Uh, so we could start our website and from there, uh, yeah, it was a classic uh, internet business. You are the only company in the world that provides these flights, right? Uh, yes, kind of. Uh, you know, there is like a, there's a, a few small companies who are special or like who do like local uh, flights in a, in a limited area. But uh, from there is no company uh, comparable to ours, and what you often see in the internet companies who who offer uh, jet flights when it's not one of our own websites, it's usually uh, our uh, one of our count uh, one of our resellers, uh, which we have quite a bit, and. So we are kind of the the spider in the web, and everyone. Uh, purchases the flight from us. That's how it works. How can someone go about booking a flight on a MiG-29 and experience the edge of space flight? Uh, well, first of all, uh, must say that the MiG-29 flight that we offer is currently the only supersonic flight available for non-military pilots worldwide. This is after the legendary Concorde stopped. Uh, flying a couple of years ago, unfortunately. Um, 
Our MiG-29 reaches a top speed of Mach 1.7, so, uh, you know, close to twice the speed of sound during our flight, so that's quite, uh, quite a high speed for all the speed freaks. That's definitely the fastest you, you, will, you will ever go into your life. And it's not only that, it's also the, the highest altitude that you can reach. We go uh, to depends a bit on the on the weather and the air temperature, but we can go up to almost 20 kilometers on a on an ideal day. So only the astronauts and the cosmonauts aboard ISS, the International Space uh, Station, are higher than you as a customer at that point. Uh, and up there, uh, at at almost 20 kilometers, the curvature of the Earth is clearly visible. Uh, at this altitude. Uh, our customers can not only experience this incredible view up there, but they can even control this famous fourth generation fighter jet, uh, the MiG-29 Fulcrum. Also, um, customers experience G-forces that are pretty insane. The record uh, of a customer so far is 9.2 Gs, so that's really, really, really high. Um, so this flight adventure is really unique in so many ways, but uh, I must say here, uh, so don't be afraid when you hear this, that's really the customer who wants to have uh, an insane amount of cheese, but that's not necessary. If you want to, sometimes we have customers who don't want to do aerobatics uh, at all because they think they cannot uh, deal with it, um, but really uh, it's, it's about making the flight experience as memorable and as as fun for you as a customer as possible and it's not uh, about proving to you what the pilot is able to do at 9.2 g it's possibly possible that the your client might go on a blackout right oh yeah that's that's even very likely, even much, much lower than this. I mean, I remember uh, this, this first flight I did uh, by myself after this uh, bar meeting with a, with a pilot that I talked uh, just before. We had something, we were somewhere in between 6 and 7 Gs and I, I, I blacked out and even became twice unconscious for a very short amount of time. So that's really, that's, that's uh, just normal. The thing is, with 9.2 Gs in the MiG-29, you have a, a G suit, which I didn't have back then. So this also helps a bit. And also, uh, you know, our pilots, they're really uh, trained to to uh, fly with, with inexperienced customers. So they tell them the proper technique to offset another G, you know, by pressing uh, in the whole body. So that there's really something that can be done. But 9.2 is, I think, I would say very few people who don't uh, black out or, or uh, at least get like a serious tunnel vision uh, uh, with, with this amount of G. So that's really, really intense. To make this clear, your customers are given a G suit and the pilot will not push unless the customer asks for, right? Uh, what do you mean by push? Uh, the pilot won't force to take it to 9G. The customer would, would ask, should ask for it, right? Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's 
the, it's when the customer asks for like I want to experience as, as high as uh, G as possible. I want to like see where my limits are. That's when the the the, the pilot is really doing this. Usually, um, customers end up by somewhere in between seven and a half maybe eight or, or maybe seven and eight g so somewhere there at the at the mig 29 flight but this can really be lower and higher the cast you know the pilot doesn't go right to 9.2 g's when the, the aerobatic part of the flight starts he really starts like softly and tries to find out how the the customer reacts to the g forces and then he will he will really um you know adapt the flight program accordingly and go goes up a bit higher and and ask how he's feeling and then tries another maneuver ask if he wants to go further or if if, if he should stop here so that's really um you know it's like a kind of a gentle way to 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 that uh, amount of g-force so there's really nothing to be uh, afraid of how do your pilots and the client um, communicate during the flight uh, they have the intercom so they can really properly uh, talk together so this is, it depends a bit uh, what flight uh, what aircraft model is being used since we do not only do the, the MiG-29 but in some you can just talk and then the microphone kind of as 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 as, uh, as soon as you talk, the microphone uh, becomes active, and so it's just you you don't have to do anything. And then there's others that you have to push a button, and then you talk. So it really depends a bit. Uh, do the ground crew hear this voice between the uh, the conversation between the pilot and your customer? No, not inside. I mean, you can t talk to the tower. Uh, uh, or to the uh, air traffic controller, uh, but then you know that's that's another kind of button you use. But the intercommunication they don't hear. Oh, that's interesting. All right. So, what are the health requirements for a person to take this edge of space flights? Um, it's actually it's it's uh, nothing uh, crazy. You know, the the customer just needs to be in in good health. So we send him to a doctor to do some uh, to check some basic things like uh, the heart, if the the blood pressure is okay, no recent uh, surgery has been done, uh, no pregnancy obviously, no serious back problems, these kind of things. But it's really pretty basic, and it's kind of common sense uh, that you should not do such a crazy. Uh, flight when you have one of these conditions but nevertheless uh, since we have a, a high amount of uh, customers doing fighter jet flights with us every year it's better to be on the safe side and really have these things uh, checked um, to, just to protect the customer first of all uh, obviously because we don't want to anything happen in the uh, in the plane during the aircraft uh, in the plane during the flight sorry um, but then it's also to to protect us and our company, uh, so that's that's why we do this. But it's really it's very basic, and it's not that we like filter out uh, a, a, a big amount of of customers. So that's that's really 
uh, you're pretty much good to go when you're in good health. Uh, how many customers do do you get per year on an average? Uh, we don't give out uh, exact numbers, but it's a couple of hundred customers per year. Wow, that's a lot. Yes. <laughs> how do you ensure safety of your customers during these flights? Well, our pilots are really experienced uh, with uh, flying in, uh, around inexperienced customers, as I outlined before. So they try to find out how much the customer can deal with and constantly ask how he's, he or she is doing uh, during the flight. And then they adapt the, the flight program accordingly. So we take the customer safety extremely serious and uh, this also leads to uh, that we never had a single, even smallest incident during our flight so far. Uh, and of course, there is a safety training before the flight and all aircraft are very well maintained. So that's, uh, I mean, it's, you would expect in aviation that's, uh, that's the way it is anyway, but unfortunately, there is also, uh, it's, it's not necessarily the case, but we really take this very, very seriously and uh, there's absolutely no compromises. Also, if there is something, uh, you know, something not 100% uh, ready, whether it be the pilot who is not feeling well or the customer not feeling well or the weather is not optimal so the visibility uh, is is not good or there is something with the with the aircraft that needs to be uh, checked you know some 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 uh, something with the with the system that uh, you know needs to be checked again because there is some i don't know red lamp blinking or whatever Yes, absolutely no compromises. We don't just uh, say, well, okay, let's do the flight. Anyway, no one will find out about it. Uh, no compromises. Safety is always first. It's, we're very strict about that. Talk to us about these safety trainings you give to your customers. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, basically, it's about, you know, how he should react when the g-forces come as i said you press in your body uh, also we tell them you know don't try to be manly if you don't feel well tell it the, the pilot early so he can slow down a little bit and um, there's no reason to puke in the cockpit and then in the it must be clean afterwards which is really annoying and also sometimes uh, you know if aircraft needs to be checked afterwards and stuff so that's really something we don't want uh, and then it's also about you know ejection seat training so the, the, there's absolutely uh, it's not possible that the, the customer is not 100% aware of uh, what must be done in case of an emergency so there is a clear command eject, eject, eject three times um, and that comes with uh, signs also with the, with the hand of the pilot in front. So in case the, the intercom doesn't work anymore, that the, that the customer sees it. And then there is absolutely uh, no questions asked when, when you have to eject uh, that the, the, you know, the customer needs to, to get out on his own. But that's really something 
and we you just do that when there is absolutely no other way you know the customer uh, the pilot always tries to to land the aircraft if there is something not okay uh, with the aircraft which never happened uh, so far luckily uh, during one of our flights but uh, you know uh, to go out with an ejection seat is rather risky uh, by itself so the the pilot always tries to land the aircraft uh, even if there is something like one engine not running or whatever it's usually really um, when there is an engine fire uh, when the when the pilot can't, can't go back that's that's usually uh, when the, when uh, when the customer has to eject but uh, that's very rare and as i said uh, that never happened or any other incident never happened uh, during our flights and we do this since 2004 so as you as you see that's really uh, you know the safety first that we are so strict about really pays off so do the do you, any of your customers have any puked during a, these flights yes that happens that's actually not so rare <laughs> Yes, uh, so it's, it's during the flight or, or shortly after the flights uh, can also be, but that's that's really not so rare. I would say maybe five percent of of uh, all customers, maybe a bit less, um, really have to puke uh, after the flight. But it's also nothing, you know. It's it's not, that's not a big deal. Uh, you have a, a puking bag on board, of course, and then it's just important that you put away the microphone so you have really uh, like room for it you put the bag there and of course you warn the pilot and tell him uh, please just fly straight no maneuvers nothing and then you know it's it's not a big deal what do you suggest to your customers so that they won't puke um, we usually tell them to eat something light so it's not good to fly with a completely empty stomach, but it's also not good, obviously, to eat something uh, heavy before. So ideally, they eat a light uh, breakfast. Like bread is really good, uh, something like this. They should also uh, drink a little bit. And uh, some customers also take a motion sickness uh, pill, and there is just really important that you actually take it uh, early enough so you can really digest uh, this motion sickness pill because otherwise it doesn't help so much. Um, and then, you know, you have oxygen uh, supply that you can uh, use during the flight. Uh, so if you start to feel a bit weird, uh, add some oxygen that usually helps uh, a lot. And then also really important is just uh, communicate openly and warn the pilot early. So don't try to be a hero. Uh, that's really, it's pointless because then it, it happens even faster. Uh, and then it's also a bit about the technique. Uh, that's, uh, by the way, also something that's similar when you are on a boat that shakes. If you look to your feet on the ground or in the example of the MiG-29, for example, to the instrument panel, then you know the, the, the problem is that the information your body 
uh, is giving to your brain from all these uh, emotions and what the eyes are giving to your brain they they somehow don't fit together and that that uh, that's a, like a natural reaction from the body because the body thinks uh, th that you have to been poisoned or something and that's why the where this, this puking reflex uh, comes so what you can do is you look out uh, to the horizon and then you know this information your your uh, eyes are giving uh, to your brain and your body gives to your brain that kind of fits together or fits together better anyway so that's something that helps in a in an aircraft as well as on a boat or whatever makes you makes you feel sick what about going to the bathroom before the flight uh, yeah you should definitely go to the bathroom before the before the flight you know it's just when you forget about it and uh, you have to go you know it's also once you leave the air at i mean the the buildings from the air base and you actually go to the plane and then it's also engine uh run up you check the, the aircraft with your pilot uh before so it's actually quite a bit of time so definitely go to to the toilet before so it's uh that just you have a better feeling also during the flight uh, it's comfortable it would be comfortable flight yes what is the minimum age to take these flights um for the mig 29 actually uh, there is a minimum age of 18 uh, but that's really with the mig 29 only that's just a rule that uh, is, is uh, by the russian uh, air force but uh, with all other flight locations that we have we don't have a, a, a like a strictly defined minimum age uh, below 18 we request that the parents agree uh, that the, the kid is doing the flight and uh, you know the, the, the passenger must have a bit of a, like a grown-up body and, and strength uh, for example to eject what you have to pull is uh, depending a bit on the aircraft for example with the L-39 it's 45 kilogram that you need to be able to, to pull and so uh, really the the passenger must have uh, kind of a grown-up body and and uh, be strong enough and usually that's a, around 14 we consider to to take uh, passengers then we ask for like how does he look how tall he is and if if there's really a question we ask them to to actually do a test and lift something uh, like a bucket of water for example the test is uh, weight what was the age of your oldest customer 97 <laughs> whoa that's that's really really yes <laughs> yeah it's actually funny we had twice we had uh, one we have uh, 96 and 197 and they're both uh, they, have, they enjoyed it so much. The, the older one, the 97-year-old, uh, was uh, an active pilot himself still. And uh, just amazing uh, in, in what shape he is uh, at his age. So he really enjoyed it. He wanted to do all the acro things. And yeah, he had a brilliant time. Uh, what about the 96 one? Was he a pilot too? No, no, he wasn't. 
Okay, that puts a lot of our listeners at ease if they would like to take your flights, you know. Yes, so they don't have to be uh, pilots. They can fly without the pilot license. Uh, it's just that the more skilled the customer is, the more stick time he usually gets. So if the pilot really thinks like, ah, oh, okay, like he knows what he's doing, uh, then, you know, he will hand over the stick uh, for a longer time and also to, to fly a bit more complicated things. Do your clients get to fly the MiG-29? Yes, yes. They can control every single jet that is offered by MiGFlug. Oh, do they are, are they allowed to land as well? Land and take off? No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay. No, that's uh, you know the pilot hands over the the control only at the high altitude. So the we also here safety first. We don't risk anything. And there is also like low level flying parts depending a bit on the location. But like we do high speed, high speed, uh, low level flights, and uh, during that, and also during takeoff and landing, there's absolutely no way that uh, the customer can control the jet. What kind of clients usually take these edge of space flights? Yeah, actually, we still haven't figured out that question. So it's funny that you ask. And uh, there is no typical customers. Um, what we can say above average, we have entrepreneurs. Uh, pilots, mostly airline pilots who, who want to experience a, a real fighter jet or like Western uh, former military uh, fighter jets who want to learn how the, the big counterpart that they have heard so much during the Cold War, how, how they feel like. So uh, they're just curious. And then also we have a lot of uh, engineers. I think it's there is obvious. It's just uh, their topic. But then we also have housewives, for example. You know, it's very diverse the the customer base who who does this kind of flight. So it's really everything. Every, everything. Uh, uh, retired customers, really young customers. So it's really, really diverse. It's not that we have like a typical kind of, let's say, like a young Wall Street bank or whatever, that it really makes up a big chunk of the of the customer base. It's really not the case. I'm from India, so I'm curious. Are, do you get Indian customers? Uh, yes, not, not so many, actually. Uh, I guess we have to... Um, India is a bit of a complicated market for us um, to to enter. You know, there's like a different way of marketing. Also, I think Asian customers tend to uh, ask like whole packages with all the travel arrangements and basically pick them up from from their home and have everything organized, every meal and, and things like that. And we just don't do that. So I think uh, we could really have much more Indian and in general Asian customers. Uh, but we might have to find a strong partner or some strong partners in these countries. And it looks like, even though we have some resellers, but I think we, so far, we didn't really uh, find a really strong one that, that can bring a lot of customers and is good in, in marketing these kind of uh, flights. 
What variant of MiG-29 MiG Flug is using for the flight? Uh, that's the MiG-29 UB version, which is, in my opinion, an extremely nice-looking aircraft, and I find more beautiful than the single-seater variants. And uh, the back seat. Uh, with the MiG-29 UB is higher up, uh, which leads to a brilliant view for the customer who is sitting on that back seat. So it's uh, an ideal jet for this kind of flights. Uh, we have the same with the L-39, by the way, which is the, the a bit smaller training jet that we have all over the, the place. So same there, the, the back seat is higher up and that's a really important criterion for, for us. So it's much more enjoyable for the, for the customer. What do your customers see and experience in these edge of space flights? Well, a hell of emotions, I guess. Uh, they see the curvature of the earth. Uh, they pull crazy G-forces, as I outlined before. Uh, when the afterburner kicks in, it seriously presses them into their seat. Uh, you can see the atmosphere, who looks like a blue frog far below you. Uh, the sky above is, is all black with countless of stars visible. Uh, and this is at daylight obviously. So it's pretty magic and uh, definitely a once-in-a-lifetime experience that you should that should be on, on every bucket list. Besides edge of space flights on MiG-29, what other aerospace adventure activities do you offer? Uh, we are constantly broadening uh, our office, which uh, includes geographically, but as well as from uh, variants of fighter jets that we offer. Uh, currently, flight started uh, 1,499 euro for flights here in Europe and in the US it's uh, starting from, Euro, from uh, 2,399 US dollars which is also the, the price uh, in Canada and so they are all not all uh, as expensive uh, as the edge of space flight and as I said already before the L-39 is kind of our standard aircraft that we have all over the place currently from uh, four locations in Europe and five in the US. So that's that's really uh, a jet that is comparably cheap, especially <laughs> compared to the MiG-29. And it's, uh, it's really a, a lot of fun to fly. It's the ideal aircraft uh, that we have. And that's really by far the most flights that we do are with L-39s. What is the cost of uh, edge of space flight on the MiG-29? Uh, the, the edge of space flight is currently 17,500. Uh, US dollars? No, Euro. Oh, okay. Okay, that's expensive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. But you, I mean, you get to see almost the edge of the space, you know, the feeling of being in space. Yes, it's really something extraordinary, but it's also, you know, you have to know that it's a modern fourth generation fighter aircraft and it uses a crazy amount of fuel and maintenance with this aircraft is really expensive. So it's not some kind of fantasy price. 
but it's really it's quite expensive to to operate this kind of aircraft. What about weightless simulation flights? Uh, yes, that's kind of a, a bit of a side business that we have. These uh, zero gravity flights. Uh, maybe I explain this briefly so your uh, listener under understands what we are talking about. So we have a big aircraft, for example, an Illusion ES-76 in Russia or a Boeing 727 in the US, and this big aircraft. Uh, for those who don't know these models, these are basically airliners or big freight machines. And they fly huge parabolas and during these parabolas uh, you are weightless and you can really float around like you, like an astronaut basically, uh, for, for a couple of seconds. Um, so per parabola that's usually 25 to 20 uh, to 35 seconds sorry but you know that's like a side business and we don't we don't uh, do this so often we are really more specialized on the on the fighter jet flights and that's also something i must say i have done both uh, i really would recommend the the fighter jet flight before I would uh, recommend the zero gravity flight. It's just much more fun. The zero gravity flight actually, in my opinion, uh, looks more fun than it actually is because it's it's there. There's a really weird, weird feeling for the for the stomach. So uh, that's that's why it has the uh, a bit not so nice uh, nickname. <laughs> so, so it's actually really a lot of people who have to, to throw up there. Philip, we are at the end of the episode. If you could recommend one book to our listeners, what would it be? Well, I really like The, the Second Machine Age uh, by Eric Brynjolfsson and uh, Andrew McAfee. Um, then I really like The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan and The Unwinding. 30 Years of American Decline by George Packer. And another book I really enjoyed is uh, Second Hand Time, The Last of the Soviets by uh, Svetlana Alexievich. That's a famous uh, uh, author from uh, Belarus. So those are some of the books that I've read in the last 12 months that I found deeply inspiring. Uh, so, so you can see uh, it's a very diverse interest from technology, food, uh, and how we produce and eat, and the implication of the two on our society and the socio-economic structure, uh, our uh, history, politics, I'm very interested and really try to understand what forces are in place uh, and shape the world we live in. Uh, in my opinion, we live in very interesting times, and in general, I try to read uh, less news, which is hard for me, actually, because I really enjoy, but I, and try, uh, instead I try to get a deeper understanding of a topic that I consider interesting uh, and which affects me or the, the society I live in. Uh, on top of that, I also read a lot of, uh, that is more closely related to the business I'm running, uh, but I'm not talking about uh, these books here. Uh, but these four books 
Uh, I outlined before ICC, I have a hard time <laughs> just naming one book because all four of them coming from another field, but they really, uh, they really inspire me a lot. Um, so yeah, I, reading is an important topic as you can see. Before we say goodbye, what would be the best way to connect with you? Uh, well, people are interested in our flights, best have a look on our website, which is www.migflug.com. So that's uh, M-I-G-F-L-U-G, the fluke, that's a uh, German word for flight. So it's basically MIG flight. Um, also, have a look there again uh, in a couple of months since we are renewing the, this website currently so it will be completely new uh, very soon on top of that we have a very popular YouTube channel and an even more popular Facebook page so make sure you connect with us on, on these two and if you are interested in a flight you feel free to contact us via email or phone to get more information we are really happy to help and uh, hopefully um, Larkins, maybe you can uh, share this the, the URL on your blog so people can find it easier because from our experience non-German speakers always have a bit uh, hard time to actually uh, spell our, our website for sure we'll put up your contact details on the show notes of this podcast so they can easily find, find the details and book a flight as soon as possible i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure a lot of our listeners are excited about this flight this to take a flight from you guys all right that's good to hear <laughs> yeah everyone feel welcome to to contact us and uh, uh, if maybe not now if you're like uh, young guys like Larkins yourself, like uh, keep in touch, follow us on, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. We are on pretty, pretty much all the, the big platforms. So keep in touch and maybe if not now, maybe in the future, who knows. I can assure you it's fantastic. Uh, you put up the flight videos on YouTube, right? The actual yes. flights your customers I take. Uh, well, some of them, but uh, I mean, just a few, not all of them. Otherwise, we would have hundreds of videos every year. But uh, we sometimes we do or we edit one, uh, make, a, make a special video. But uh, yes, you can definitely uh, find a lot of customers on our uh, YouTube channel. Thank you for being on the show, Philip. It was really amazing to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. That was Philip Scher of MIGTFLUG. If you have any questions for Philip or for the show notes, visit defenseaviation.com forward slash episode 6. If you like this episode, please leave me an honest review and rating on iTunes by visiting defenseaviation.com forward slash iTunes. Your reviews on iTunes will help Defense Aviation podcast and its ranking on iTunes immensely.